Hey everyone, welcome to Eigenbros. Uh, this week we actually talked about climate change. That's right. Yeah. Um, I guess, what, what are some of the things we said? We were like... So we basically some, talked about what even is yeah, climate change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about um, why is climate change a partisan issue. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Um, we also talked about, you know, what can we actually do to fix climate mm-hmm, change? Mm-hmm. So um, we've covered a lot of bases uh, in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah, it was actually a good episode. Very informative. Um, you know, we, you know, there was a lot of true facts thrown out there. I think we're also going to try to, if you're listening only, we're going to try to put the uh, some useful links at the bottom of the YouTube description. So check those out if you want to see sources. Yep, and uh, guys, just make sure to subscribe to our channel, mm-hmm. leave us a like, leave us a comment, and then. Uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at Eigenbros, and we actually just put up a mailing list too. So oh, shit. you can check us out on our website. It's um, eigenbros.com, and we have the mailing list there. You can receive instant updates for our channel. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's a good one, guys. We'll see you in a bit. Three, two, one. Thank you. And we're live. Yes, indeed. Once again. <laughs> so. Yes. What's going on? What's in the news? Oh, I, oh, there's all kinds of things. I got cats on me. I got phone in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So um, there's a lot going on, huh? Um, first off, what's been going on with you, man? Good. Not much. Yeah. Just uh, keeping up with politics. You know, keeping up with the politics. It's a hot. It's a hot thing right now. It is. The indeed. 2020 elections are coming up, and you know, candidates are talking about big issues, and one of the big issues is climate change. Indeed. So that's our topic of the day. Yeah. It's a beautiful uh, segue there, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it. you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, we're scientists and like we think scientifically and climate change for some reason is a political issue, right? Right. So, um, yeah, waste no time. So basically, <laughs> um, yeah. So... I don't know so, if you're familiar with what climate climate change even is, Juan. So yeah, um, let's define it. What, what What is climate change? Yeah, so climate change is essentially a phenomenon mm. where you have greenhouse gases being um, locked into the mm. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So let's imagine this. You have the normal atmosphere, right? Correct. The Earth is uh, a globe despite what some uh, people may say <laughs> these days, but um, it's a globe and it has an atmosphere around that globe. So you can yes. kind of think of it like a shell, yes. a shell of particles. Mm-hmm. So that shell of particles is what we call greenhouse gases mm-hmm. or specifically the greenhouse gases are associated with keeping the heat in earth. Right. So when the sun is shining through the atmosphere, when you have more and more greenhouse gases, mm-hmm. These, um, the sunlight gets trapped by those greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. So normally there's going to be some trapping of heat, right? Because we always have greenhouse gases in the environment. Mm-hmm. But it's when you get more and more and more greenhouse gases in this atmosphere, more and more heat gets trapped. And then less gets, one, less of the sunlight gets um, reflected. Okay, so mo- a lot of the, the heat, so from the sun, there's a lot of heat radiated from the sun, yep. light and everything that hits earth right but it hits like you're saying those that layer of of greenhouse gases particles in the atmosphere then that heat is then transferred 
down even lower, right? So you can think about it this way. It's like the, the higher energy particles sort of go straight through, right? And all the lower energy ones can bounce right back. So all the hot, so all the real energy comes through that atmospheric layer and then gets trapped inside of the Earth's sort of uh, inner atmosphere, I guess, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be if, as hotter. a simple model if you think about it that way, right? Yeah. It should be hotter in the lower atmosphere yeah. than in the upper atmosphere. Exactly, yeah. And um the greenhouse, man, she's they got salt in my arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, the greenhouse gases are going to get trapped in the lower atmosphere and that is where most of the the big greenhouse gases yeah. are sitting. Yeah. So the greenhouse gases themselves are composed of water. Mm-hmm. So it's water vapor. Mhm. It's nitrous oxide, mm-hmm. which is, um, I think, N2O. Can you check that on my thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, N2O uh, should be on the first. Um, yeah, yeah, it's N2O. And then we have methane, which is CH4. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have um, carbon dioxide, which mm-hmm. is the big one that everybody knows of. Classic, The yeah. CO2 emissions, as yeah. they say. Yeah, we, we were taught the carbon cycle, right, when we were kids, so. Um, sure. <laughs> I think I was probably asleep during that lecture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are the basic constituents of the yeah. um, greenhouse uh, gases. Gases, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're then maybe wondering, like, okay, um, which are the big major greenhouse gases? And I think two of the main ones are the CO two, of course, and I think um, also methane is. But they all have a contribution. The ones that trap the most energy, or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, there's some details in there that I'm not 100% sure on, so I won't even try to go down that route. Yeah. But there's different reasonings behind why certain greenhouse gases are worse than the others. Mm-hmm. But of course, we know the big one is the CO2. Mm-hmm. And that could just be from sheer volume. I'm not sure. I didn't check. But um, yeah, so the CO2, as we know it, is emitted by just respiration. Mm-hmm. So we know when we breathe out, that's CO2. Emission. So any, any organic life that uses the certain like w- metabolic pathway, I think it's is that an- what it is? anabolic or something. Well, you're the, any, bio- you're the, yeah, I have the biology so. background. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Any, any organic life that, that, that I think even actually any organic life, I believe, uh, um, expels carbon dioxide as a, as a, as a, would plants be considered an organic life? Yes, but actually they take in carbon yeah. dioxide. Okay, okay, so shit, maybe, okay, my crucified. bad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done biology in a long time. So, yeah, it's, uh, but, okay, most most living animals that you see, mammals and stuff, they, mm-hmm. they, they will expel carbon dioxide. Okay. Yeah. So that's part of the CO2 emission. Of course, we can't avoid that, right? You can't yeah. just have people stop breathing and animals right, stop breathing. Right, right, right. The other contributor, the big one, is burning fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So that's going to contribute to CO2 emissions. Um, let me see my my fact uh, phone here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, because also deforestation yeah, is apparently yeah, yeah. one of the reasons. And I think deforestation simply because if you're killing trees, it doesn't allow trees to intake yeah. carbon dioxide. Yeah, so yeah. it actually just... You know, it, it's not being processed by plants into yeah. oxygen, so it just stays in the atmosphere. Yeah, you're not... Because, I mean, like, the trees actually use that carbon to build up their their uh, tree trunks yeah. a lot of the time. It's it's their food source, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one of them, besides yeah, the sun. one of the energy sources to metabolize um, what they need. But uh, 
but yeah, it's uh yeah, so carbon dioxide and um, nitrous oxide. I mean, uh, methane. The yeah. Methane. Methane is actually produced a lot by cattle, right? And right, the, right. A big, a big thing cow is farts, like cow farts. As they say. <laughs> yeah, and it's huge. Like there was a back in two thousand nine. I I had gone. I'd actually. Um, I went to a climate change like. Uh, convention did you really uh, yeah yeah when i was like in high school <laughs> oh nice and uh and it was in dc so um it was cool but i, I when i was there mentalist over here when i was there yeah i i was reading all upon this and 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 you know i was becoming informed about what what climate change was because back in the day you know the only real person that was talking about it was uh al gore he was like the one guy that really came through with a message and he was one of the first yeah yeah he was he was one he was one of the people that popularized climate change he also invented the internet <laughs> right yeah he credits himself as inventing the internet yeah. and uh <laughs> but but maybe, maybe this might have to do with why it's politicized right yeah because so he's one of it the was first actually interesting when i was doing some research on this yeah so i was always wondering like you know why is climate change a, a partisan issue yeah because you t typically think like it's pretty obvious that our contributions to the atmosphere as yeah. in like our gas and pollution is going to have some effect right like i, I think yeah. it's pretty common sense to kind of think that and it yeah. doesn't seem like a partisan issue no because like you you look at history right you look yeah. at like you were saying we're organic life and we you know ex we ex exude carbon dioxide and shit and, and uh then the hist history right we use fossil fuels and like industrial yeah, and you can kind of even see it because like pollution just if you live in like yeah if yeah. you live in beijing or if you oh live yeah in, yeah uh, la you see the smog and shit and you're gonna be like yeah there's some kind of uh we're having environmental impact, impact. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> i feel like climate change is not so unbelievable yeah but the reason yeah. it became partisan i actually researched was because exxon used to actually have a research and research department in climate change. Mm. Eventually, I think they found some results that they didn't like and they stopped immediately cut ties to that program and started funding an anti climate change, um, uh, an anti climate change, um, organization. I forget mm. their name. Hold on. It yeah, I think it is. I think it's, uh, what were you saying? The, um, it's the it it's the uh, global climate coalition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the nineteen yeah, in the nineteen nineties they formed this movement, and in my notes here I actually wrote that um, in nineteen eighty eight when George H W Bush was getting elected, he has a he is himself quoting that our land, water, and soil support a remarkable range of human activities, but they can only take so much, and we must remember to treat them not as a given but as a gift. So you can clearly see that he's. He's talking about the environment yeah, in some yeah. way, right? Talking about and then he continues on. He says, these issues, no, no ideology, no political boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's not a liberal or conservative thinking we're talking about. So it shows you at some point in time, climate change was a bipartisan issue. Yeah. Like there was no disagreement on this. Yeah. And it's bipartisan in pretty much the rest of the world as well. It seems that the right. U.S. has for some reason decided it's a partisan issue. <laughs> and that's because I think our industry is so tied to it. So basically the, you're saying the lobbying pipeline of of uh, of private companies like Exxon. The lobbyists eventually yeah. got 
bought out by Exxon and these big yeah. oil people and they and the oil guys started jumping on the bandwagon and and funneling money to these lobbyists to push out these anti-climate campaigns. Yeah. Eventually, conservatives, you know, conservatives have a tendency to be more industry friendly. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But you can tell that they got they they got they mm-hmm. bought into that agenda. Mm-hmm. So then they started pushing that agenda and and it became this bipartisan issue mm-hmm. and now we have people arguing whether climate change is even true or not. Right, right. Which is really silly and really <laughs> a bad idea. Right, right. It's uh and and it's holding and, and it's setting uh climate change like us addressing climate change back, right? Because right. we're not doing anything about it. We're yeah, not setting I, policy. I, I, when I was doing further research, I actually found that I said, okay, there's got to be some people that disagree mm-hmm. with climate change. Let's actually check with the actual scientific organizations. There's um, the I, the uh, oh, I forget the the names. I know there's IPCC, but I don't think there's scientists. Mm-hmm. Has to do with the UN, UN. But there are there are global, um, independent researchers that have all collaborated to see if climate change was a real issue. Mm-hmm. So they've all independently looked yeah, at the, the data ICC, yeah. and then run simulations on it, um, dead data analysis on it. And they've all pretty much come to the conclusion that there's a 95% chance that human involvement is related directly to climate change. Mm-hmm. So a 95% chance in the scientific community it's like scientists will never say that something is 100% definitive, right? Yeah. So they try to give a percentage, a number. Yeah. And if they're not certain, it doesn't sound like it might be a strong statement so people can deny it, but they have a 95% certainty that human Humans. In- involvement is directly causing climate change. Uh-huh. So that to me is a pretty damn convincing piece of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. As a scientist, of course, I'll never say it's 100%. Yeah. But- the data, as I've looked at it as well myself, yeah. it seems to suggest this. Yeah. You and can clearly see a, an upward trend. Yeah. And well, to, to be fair, at the same time, if we go back to 2009, there was a huge scandal because uh, there was a document leaks uh, from the ICC around 2009. I forgot. What, uh, the IPCC? Yeah. Yeah. The IP, IPCC. Yeah. They, um, they, had, they had some documents leaked. And there were some really questionable, questionably ethical issues with how they were showing some data. And of course, right wing websites and stuff, they latched onto this and said, see, they're manipulating the data. So it's fake. Mm. So because they were massaging the data, which is something common that. Why were they massaging the data, though? Because they were trying to fit a line to it. And oh, the, so they took like an average. Yeah, it's so they were fitting stuff. Technique. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we scientists massage data, but to the uninitiated, this would seem as like you're I see. you're manipulating the data. So a lot of these right wing sites at the time, they were saying this they're faking it. This is obvious like that. So that was one big thing. I would thing imagine it's probably like the solar radiance data. So when I was looking into this research, mm-hmm. the solar irradiance data is kind of like spiky. It goes up and down and up and down. Right, right. And it's kind of not a clear image. Uh, right. It's and, not a clear. Uh, yeah. And like that line. has to do with the sun's um, the sun getting hotter. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, 
um, when I was researching, you can you can actually get climate change from the sun heating up naturally. So if the sun heats up by X amount of degrees, it can create a of climate course. change like of course situation. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is with the solar radiance data, it can show you whether the sun has been heating up and then it's kind of a naturally mm-hmm. occurring phenomena. Mm-hmm. But the thing is scientists take an average, like an 11 year average over each time span and then draw their curve based on that to see a actual mm-hmm. relationship. So yeah, of course to the uninitiated who think that this is some kind of way of manipulating data. Yeah. I'm sure they probably thought that since there were ups and downs, they might not see a clear trend yeah. with the sun going up or down. So they say, oh, in this one, the sun's going up, you know, so it's the sun clearly heating up better or they're doing this on purpose, too. Right. 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 Yeah, they're saying the sun is heating up. So therefore, it is yeah. a natural yeah. um, phenomena. Yeah. Which is not so. You know, yeah. you should be able to take an 11 year average in this case and fit the data like that exactly, because yeah. solar irradiance is still a very steady phenomenon Mm -hmm. and you can trace it back to well i don't know how long we can trace it back but we we have ways of knowing how pretty good physics why yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. based on models that i'm sure some climatologists have developed right um but yeah these things should not be fluctuating at these degree levels right right we are in unprecedented unprecedented levels of temperatures that have never been seen in the history yeah. of human or in the history of the earth yeah and it's and then, then to be fair it's also it also can be an amalgamation of things right sure but the but the main argument is that our contribution to climate change is the main driver for this kind of rapid change in climate right? exactly yeah. like there's always going to be fluctuations in temperature yeah we've had things like the ice age right you know and the people, earth has had volcanoes right and there's people that have to serve as devil, devil's advocate here there are people that make the argument well you know the climate has changed before without human involvement right they just don't know what to, to what degree right so the thing is right now we're 0.8 degrees above what our temperature should be right. on average yeah which is not a normal level to be at Okay, so so from because I, I understand that it's not about the I mean it's about the climate changing, but it's about how rapidly we're affecting the climate because the climate has no built-in like the climate built-in buffer system cannot keep up with us dumping carbon and other greenhouse gases to reach a new equilibrium. You know what I mean? Uh, expound a little bit. So more. so for instance, there's the famous. Uh, this was in one of my textbooks from a long time ago. Let's see if I can recall it from memory. Okay. <laughs> but it's uh, when carbon dioxide gets in the water, you get a certain type of uh, acid. I think it's called carbolic, carbolic acid. I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. I'm recalling information from a decade ago. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, there's a certain type of acid that's formed, and this is destroying the barrier reef, which is, then causes a... a constant cycle of of destruction so for instance runaway effect yeah it's a runaway effect and and this runaway effect actually causes the oceans to to heat up uh, or store a lot more energy which warms the ocean up you know and so just see the connection there but well because i'm saying like the carbon the carbon dioxide that's that then gets stored into the water oh traps the heat traps the the heat even in the water so it raises the the the, the amount of energy that water can store so it heats up the water mm. and overall that can have you know nature is in such a neat equilibrium that any kind of 
to push to to one way can have a dramatic effect on life, you know, and, right. and, you know, and we de- obviously depend on life Our our economy depends on the, the ocean and stuff for food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, fuck, I totally forgot where I was going. <laughs> oh, well I can kind of comment on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was researching, um, some things with runaway effect yeah. specifically that you're kind of talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, e- e- the ecology, um, or the, the our ecosystems yeah. are very dependent on climate. So mm-hmm. you might think like, oh, who gives a f- damn about you know two degrees raised in the atmosphere? Yeah. The thing is that could have a lot of unintended consequences with our with our um, e- ecosystems. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to do some research on the ecosystem part of how climate change will affect it. And dude, it's a lot of shit that could potentially go wrong, and it's yeah. it's very um it's very hard to quantify. Well, of course, it's a chaotic system, and and it could and the, the unfortunate thing is with ecosystems, these things can be runaway effects. So, like when you have, let's say, for instance, prey animals dying because they have to move away to a different environment because it's too hot now, then that kills the predators as well. Then that makes you know makes it so humans can't you know eat. Oh, they we, we could still probably still eat, but you see where it goes. Like these things have kind of like a chain, yeah, and it's and it and it causes a runaway reaction, yeah. So and um, if we're at the top of the food chain and there's nothing underneath us, yeah, you know we're 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 we're, we're going to collapse the food chain, and we tend to already overdo it as it is. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, these things are very precious, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but there's also this phenomenon called the hothouse effect. And let me just read it again Mm -hmm. so I can um, make sure I get it 100% correct. So. The hothouse effect. Yeah. Why have I heard of of that? Um, Have you heard it before? I've heard the phrase. I don't know if I've. uh, I don't know if I. Shoot. I don't know if I've even. Hothouse effect. Wrote it down. I'm I'm thinking back to my like science textbooks from fifth grade and stuff. Just like. (laughs) <laughs> trying to recall the hothouse effect. Yeah. It's not, it's not okay. the same as the greenhouse effect, is it? No. So it says one possible scenario is the hothouse effect. It's basically system feedbacks and their mutual interactions uh, could drive the Earth climate system to a point of no return. So whereby further warming would become self-sustaining. Mm. So not only is it something related to the ecosystem, you can have the hothouse effect. The hothouse effect is, is the effect where you're actually getting a runaway effect with the temperature itself. Mm. So it says the hothouse threshold could exist at temperature rises as low as two degrees C. Mm. As I mentioned before, we're 0.8 degrees C above the average right now. So if we get to two degrees, it could trigger a a hothouse effect Mm. um, at that threshold somewhere around two or maybe even lower. Um, And it says uh, that, uh, oh, I have a statistic that we we raise usually about... um, on average, 0.2 degrees every decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 1.5 or 0.15 to 0.2 degrees yeah. C every decade. Yeah. And basically a temperature increase of 16 to 24 degrees. So I wanted to kind of see what our upper limit is here. Okay, okay. Um, this is just an arbitrary upper limit because yeah. there really is no consensus on what a complete disaster is going to be. Um, the only metric that the IPCC has released, I think, I think so far, is just what is the threshold to where 
um, climate effects become irreversible. Mm-hmm. And that's around somewhere around two degrees above the average. Oh, because you get into this hot. This, yeah, this you can hot, maybe get into this hothouse effect. effect. You can yeah. have massive. That's um, run away and uh, ecosystem. Um, disruption. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the beginnings of when you start to get in a in a very bad way. But I wanted to take it to the nth degree and see what would happen if all the ice melted. Mm-hmm. So um, a statistic I found that says if ice increase, if the temperature increases to 16 to 24 degrees above the average Celsius, all ice on the planet would be melted. So that would be somewhere around 800 to 1,200 years. So we'll be dead by that point. But if you think about it, that's only eight, you know, eight, eight lifetimes or so. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is not that much. Yeah, no. Um, so it would fall methane hydrates. All ice melting would raise the sea level by about 230 feet. And the ocean would pretty much cover all coastal cities. So that means the entirety of Florida would be submerged. All of Louisiana pretty much. New York um, is gone. Yeah, uh, not Europe, but no, New York. Parts, I said, oh, New York yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is not completely gone. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not completely. But the Statue of Liberty and everything would be submerged completely. Um, there are, would be places in China submerged. Japan, Japan would be in a very bad day. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that would be horribly wrong with that. So that's um, that's what would happen in about uh, a temperature increase of sixteen to twenty four degrees C. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, these are these are the kind of reactions that can be yeah. um, irreversible if you pass that threshold. Yeah. So the hothouse effect, I don't think is um, is known to be for sure, but we definitely know of these feedback reactions yeah. in nature, and we know of things like this that happen in physics. And if they could somehow model this system to see if it would occur, mm-hmm. then it's definitely a possibility. And to your point, we actually have a, there's a YouTube video by a Science Insider. How Earth Perfect. would look if all the ice melted? Yeah, so let, you, uh, let, let's let's play that. Let's play yeah. that for the so for we the can listeners. actually see what it's like. I think yeah. to preface this though, first one, sure. this video is an example of what it would look like with 216 feet of water. Mm-hmm. So I think they said all the ice melted, but their number was 216. Mm-hmm. When I did the calculation, I think it was 230. Or that's maybe the updated version. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is just basically a look. And actually, this is to scare you even more. This is the optimistic look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here you go, listeners. If if there's any for the listeners, if yeah, if there's any information that's not being relayed through the video, I'll pause and did you tell let them the, you know. where they can see the video? Yeah, Science Insider. You go ahead and uh, just search uh, how Earth would look if all the ice melted. Right. Um, or go to our video on. Oh yeah, YouTube. just actually yeah, go to our YouTube video too. Um, so we we don't care about copyright or anything. We're too small to give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oh, maybe it's business insider. We'll get it right. (laughs) Oh, it's science, science insider, business insider. Weird. Okay. So this is the image of, uh, well, they're not going to be able to hear you earth. I guess maybe they can. I still don't know what I'm going to do with the audio yet. So they're, they're just showing... The um, major cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of scanning over the earth and just marking all the major cities. Well, it's cities. like Europe right now. Yeah, right now it's Europe, yeah. And then just going over the continent of Africa. So what's that one that just got submerged? Dakar. So and all the coastal cities are pretty much submerged at this point. Yeah, yeah. And there's... there's uh, it's India. 
There's a lot of rivers that are arising. Calcutta's underwater. Bangkok is underwater, I believe. Hong Kong is submerged. Shanghai is completely submerged. It's now in the middle of a gulf. Beijing, Beijing is, is pretty much also done. Yeah. Tokyo is now an even smaller uh, uh, city. South America. Oh, South America is... Wow. That was a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good <laughs> for a lot of... Uh, a lot of people uh, across the earth living in coastal cities. Um, so most of the Baja California is is submerged. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco. San Diego looks like it's... Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Portland, Seattle, those are all going to be struggling. Florida is... Com- South Florida is completely gone. Actually, all of some Florida. of North Florida... All of Florida is actually gone. <laughs> Uh, New Orleans, Louisiana is actually now Completely even more submerged. submerged, yeah. And uh, there's now a giant river almost <laughs> cutting into the U.S. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So it's almost dividing the east and west coast. So pretty devastating, I would say. Especially since a lot of the... A lot of humans, or most humans, inhabitate or habitate um, coastal regions, right? Right. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I think that outcome is is very plausible if we do nothing. Yeah. So, all of these metrics were taken. The math that I did as well was <clears throat> very conservative. So, I took mm-hmm. metrics based on the pattern that it's going right now, mm-hmm. and it's a linear path. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of these times with things like this are exponential pathways which are faster than linear growth so and there may be something we don't understand that may because the the climate is a chaotic system there may be things that we are not considering that can rapidly expand right and other effects that you just don't want to mess with so this is like conservative metrics if if we didn't do anything this could occur within about 800 to 1200 years time it's not far off like you said eight eight lifetimes right yeah so, needless to say, we need to get our shit together quickly. <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah, go ahead, Juan. No, it was just, uh, I, I forgot to make a point. It's a little bit, I, I kind of wanted to circle back, actually, to what you were saying about Exxon and, and these these companies that are affecting policy. Yeah. Um, this, some people find it incredible that uh, the U.S. actually subsidizes oil. To right. this day. So, so solutions, some solutions that some people have put on the table are, 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 are economists mainly are saying, maybe we should enact a carbon tax. Maybe we should actually know the true cost of carbon because the U.S. heavily subsidizes oil mm. to the tune of, I would say, um, let me pull it up here. It says here that we support the or U.S. subsidizes uh, oil to the tune of. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh God, uh, start okay, singing. no, no, no. Br- bridge on your point because I'm, I'm actually, I'm gonna pull up the number. It's for some reason stuck in a okay. Wikipedia. Page. Yeah, I um, I don't know anything about the numbers for subsidizing subsidizing oil. In fact, I didn't even know that until you just said it. It's 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 surprising how much. I, I think it's on the order of hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Jeez. Uh, but it's also because we... We, we need low uh, gas prices. Yeah, yeah, because the, our economy runs on oil, yeah. right? We Our military runs on oil. That's one of the biggest reasons why the U.S. subsidizes the price of oil. Right. Um, if we knew the true cost of oil, um, I'm pretty sure people would not... Like that. That's one thing that Elon Musk actually argues a lot. He says if we put solar and oil and wind on a clean slate, no yeah. subsidies, yeah. the renewable resources went out yeah. for a cost effectiveness. True, it is. Yeah. It's so true, man. Actually, um, that, that leads to a good uh, little thing. Um, mm -hmm. I've got a, uh, a ranking here. Mm -hmm. It actually might be in the notes, too, um, of um, the industries. Maybe we should pull that up, Juan. Yeah, um, sure. It's of the industries... Uh, oh, is it a you? Is it a video? No, just look up climate. Look up on the notes that mm -hmm. I have. Yeah, sure. It's um in climate pie pie charts. Climate pie and there should charts. be a um a pie chart of the uh, by percentage the industries that, or what is the most largest contributors to um to uh our CO two emissions. Oh. Do you see it? Uh, let it me should see. be towards the bottom. Of the notes. Here we go. Climate pie charts. All the way to the bottom. Here it's we in parentheses. go. Climate pie charts. Here we go. We got the, uh, this is from the EPA actually. Yes, directly this is from the Envi Environmental Protection Agency. It's legitimate data. It's probably a few years old, but right. um, it's, it, you know, if, if anything, it's going to get worse over time probably. Well, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe so yeah, just the, just the breakdown actually. 65%. This well, is according to the wrong one, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. This is the, well, yeah, this is the global greenhouse gas emissions yeah, by gas, IPCC. Uh, global emissions by economic sector. That was the one, I, or is it? And then there's emissions by country. Okay, so maybe that's not, maybe don't have it on there. So if you, but but this is an interesting breakdown actually, yeah. because uh, the emissions by country, China is 30%, the US is 15%, and the European Union is about 10%, uh, India 7%, and the total of the other countries, the other developing countries, I would imagine, 30%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so China's a major contributor to yes, uh, greenhouse gases. But it's also because they're, they were undergoing their industrial era, sort, yeah. of say, sort of say, so to say. Um, right? And it's, it's an issue for them because they're trying to, um, they see, because their policy was just to just increase the economy dramatically, regardless right. of no, no, regu no regulations, nothing, because they wanted to increase the productivity as much as they could 100 percent. yeah they were even letting people die in million by the millions yeah under um, mal yeah because of this yeah um so now so now yeah there's people having negative consequences to their health there's uh worries about you know over overpopulation and by that i mean like just not having enough natural resources to feed all those people and uh and of course pollution right that's like one of the biggest things like they're now backing or they're now trying to fund and subsidize. Uh, how do you say um, <clears throat> companies like Tesla to to bring their electric vehicles into China at a, at oh, a cheaper at a cheaper at a cheaper uh, price? Yeah. OK. Um, but it's because they they're interested in reducing their greenhouse emissions because they see the negative effects. And 
I mean, they're the biggest polluter right now, right? right? They're the 30%. And I wish I had the, the chart country. is on the same EPA site, but I, don't, I, don't, I think it's the wrong page because I wanted to see it by industry. There's a chart on there yeah, that has yeah, an industry uh, Yeah, breakdown. yeah. It says electricity and heat production, 25%. Agriculture is oh, okay. 24%. Transportation is 14%. Industry is 21%. And other energy is about 10%. Yeah, so all of those um, sectors, mm -hmm. to me, seem very feasible to change in a drastic way. So Especially to, electricity and heat. I wanted to kind of ask you, yeah. what do you think... Um, so a lot of times people talk about climate change, right? And mm -hmm. they would say all the problems that we have. Yeah. I want to make this podcast where we actually start to give solutions to this. Mm -hmm. What do you think we can do to actually turn this around? We can't be afraid of things like nuclear energy, like mm -hmm. clean energy like that, um, because it's cheaper energy. Um, and it, it requires, and, and I mean, if you want to look at it as like, a, as a boosting the economy, so to say, you know, you would require new training to be able to service these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, new skills would be required in the economy and... You know, moving away from coal and, and you know, even things like oil <clears throat> into more something like nuclear energy. And I, I think you and I were discussing, uh, what is the other one called? Thorium. Thorium. Thorium Go reactors. Go to um, the notes. There's yeah. at the bottom of that list a list of harmful energy types. And it shows okay. you the ranking of the different types of energy that we have. Okay. And this is from, actually, if you go to worldnuclear.org. Um, you can see this here and I'm pretty sure we can upload the, these links to the YouTube. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll try to include them somehow. Yeah. They're the, all very the useful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently the, the average life cycle CO2 of, of all these different kinds of energies, coal is Massively. the one that dumps the most carbon Massively. dioxide. Yeah. Yeah. Above uh, the rest. The units here won't really make a lot of sense to the layman. No, um, but it's not important. But this to scale it, it's uh, coal is the biggest one. Biomass is also the biggest. Yeah. And it, biomass for everyone is just like burning organic matter. Right. So like if you burn crops, that would be biomass. Um, I've heard people also burn garbage, like organic garbage. Mm, like that's just, that's biomass like as well. That. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, natural gas is about half, almost half of what coal, coal uses. Um, and then there's another form of biomassing, which is different from the the one that they have <clears throat> next to coal. And of course, solar, uh, it's... It's a big drop Orders of magnitude. <laughs> orders of magnitude lower. Like we're talking about, what is that? The, the numbers they have here are 820 compared to 48 for yeah. solar. And I whatever think it's metrics in grams of CO2. Or something CO2? Yeah, grams of CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour. Okay. Um, so you can you can look at the, you yeah. can do the calculation in your head a little bit. But yeah, solar is orders of magnitude smaller. Yeah, you smaller. get a big drop off yeah. in, when you start to get to the renewable stuff. Yeah. And and, and then nuclear is at the, at the bottom in terms of CO2 uh, production. Uh, wind, actually both wind are on the same order of nuclear. Right. So, so it just shows you nuclear is one of the most um, 
friendly forms of energy that we have mm-hmm. by a very large margin. So although I know nuclear is scary and we know radiation is, is scary and nuclear bombs, but nuclear energy is very good for our environment. Um, it's probably one of the best sources of energies we can have, mm-hmm. um, aside, I guess, from wind, maybe. Right. Um, but then wind also has a little bit of issues. I think nuclear is probably one of the best options, honestly. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But how would we... But here's the thing. A lot of people actually say... Because this is one thing that I remember reading back 10 years ago. People saying, well, nuclear, you know, you have... if Say there's a nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Everybody has to evacuate that that region and right. can't, you know, and it's, uh, it's a big issue for a lot of people because they say they don't want to live near a nuclear reactor because, sure. because there have been some cases of negligence, right? Where you get some runoff from nuclear waste and people start getting cancer and stuff. That's a very legitimate claim. Yeah. Um, I think it's still going to be much better than the overall impact that you're going to get from mm-hmm. some of these non-renewables. And your energy will be cheaper. Yeah, because like people don't even realize um, energy sources like coal actually give you more to radiation than any nuclear plant is probably going to give you in your entire life. Right. Um, significantly more. Like carcinogens in terms yeah. of like cancerous kind of Yeah, so you, you may be thinking that, oh, nuclear is really bad, but nuclear can have these bad spurts if some chaotic... Um, very um, unexpected disaster can happen. Yeah. Coal and these other non-renewables can do this uh, to you at a longer term. It's just at the a way steady rate at, at, a, yeah, at yeah. a steady, at a steady rate. Yeah. So to me, I, I, I don't know which one you'd say is worse. I would say to me, the, the one that can be more controlled and only happen once in a blue moon yeah. is a better option. Of course, right, we right. never want anything to happen. Exactly. Right? So that is one of the downsides of nuclear. Yes, it could be detrimental to the environment, but we have gotten much better at containing right. nuclear as well. Like compared to Chernobyl days, that was when it was uh, 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 that was a major disaster that should have never happened. But it was also a political. I remember hearing about. It being kind of political too. There was I think some- there is. I, I really wish I would have watched that Chernobyl yeah, me too. series um, <laughs> before I did this. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I've but it was a scandal, things. right? There yeah. was a scandal about it, and there were there's a people- lot of failings at many levels. Exactly. I saw one of the last scenes with um, my roommate, mm-hmm. and it showed you how negligent they were, mm-hmm. and a lot of that could have been avoided. So um, there was a lot of incompetency that led up to the a lot of the incompetency. Yeah. Um, Fukushima may be a different version. And that, that was might the be most recent. Updated. Yeah, that's yeah. the most recent politicized, I mean, a uh, publicized one. Right. So that but one. It's, but it's because of a natural disaster, right? But those happen, right? Right. We have earthquakes, we have tsunamis, we have things like that. But it was also you know? an, an issue of not people, engineers saying that there was no clear oversight about how because some of them had issues with the, their nuclear reactor being so close to, well, one being uh, below sea level, I think. Oh, okay. And then um, in case of a catastrophic event, because these are things you think about before you build yeah. something like this. And they had issues with the engineering controls. They said, this could be catastrophic, but I think a lot of people up higher up said whatever. It's mm. okay. Like keep things going. Just just keep it going. So this is where it, it gets problems with the um, hierarchies and chain of command and whatnot. Yeah. So, so it may be that we maybe need to 
it's it's people not taking nuclear that seriously. Right. We need to yeah. have people doing things and following protocol as it should be. Yeah. So of course, as a as a person in the general public could just say, then well, fuck it. You know, if nobody's ever gonna do things right, then yeah. I I just rather not have it. Yeah. Um. But sometimes but these are you so have to few learn and far these between, hard lessons. Right? Yeah. And I hope that we've learned enough where we can keep progressing now to see what. Um, things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. It should have never happened that Chernobyl or Fukushima even happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about Fukushima, but Chernobyl certainly should never have happened. Um, yeah, you need to. You need to, that's the thing about you need to vote in um, competent leadership. Exactly, you need to have yeah. competent people in positions. You know, this is this is if, this is why you know these things are very important to vote for the right yeah. people. Um, so yeah, we have to we have to to make sure all levels are are good. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, back to the point, though, what we were saying before, I mm-hmm. wanted you to say, what, what do you think we should um, should 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 do to fix this problem in terms of policy, in terms of everything, in terms of everything? Well, I mean, nuclear, I mean, advocating for nuclear is another one because nuclear has become a scary word, like we were just saying. And, okay. and maybe even like uh, looking at alternative things like thorium reactors i know that's something that oh i actually can talk about that a little sure, bit. sure yeah, yeah yeah so the reason we don't use thorium is because of old cold war policy of course so basically during the cold war mm-hmm. you know we had a little issue with russia right and basically we had two options we can build nuclear reactors with thorium which is actually a better source of energy apparently less harmful as well um and almost a zero percent chance of ever meltdown hurting, yeah like, meltdown capability yeah. so um we chose the other option of use uranium, um, and that was because uranium decays into plutonium, which we use, which for, we use for nuclear, <laughs> for nuclear warheads. Yeah. So we wanted the option where we could maximize our use of I even see. the decay product to put into weapons for in case we need to blow the shit out of Russia. Wow. So there you go. So More. yeah. So maybe advocating for a change in policy in that case where yeah. we. We're remove this stupid bygone era kind of thing where it's like just producing with um, thorium. Thorium. But the other thing with thorium then now would be we'd have to invest money into building the infrastructure of thorium Mm -hmm. because it would be slightly different from nuclear. Um, It would cost a little extra money to get them up and running. Mm -hmm. Where I think we're more advanced in our understanding of nuclear um, with like uranium Mm -hmm. because we've we've already done been through that process before. But in places like, but maybe maybe putting it in places like uh, the coast where there are large bodies of water, um, maybe we shouldn't put these kinds of things in places like that or places that might have catastrophic natural disasters. You mean uranium? I mean, sorry, based? yeah, uranium based. Okay. Um, so that if there's and if and there's a case of a meltdown, you you don't have to have this kind of catastrophic. Um, I agree. We probably should start investing in thorium because we need to. Yeah. We need to be moving now. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, as you were saying, and also um, geoengineering. So, uh, you know, using there's already some research that people have done. Even I was I knew about this over ten years ago, but just using like cloud seeding. Have you heard about this? Cloud, I don't know cloud anything seeding. about it. So cloud seeding is where airplanes will fly overhead and drop certain nanoparticles into the atmosphere and will artificially create clouds. 
so that they can produce rain or a, a, a chance to produce rain. And, uh, and you can also, um, so that can help you like sort of get water in a certain region where there might not be a lot of water. Uh, but of course this is all artificial. You're not, you're not, you're not changing the whole weather pattern of the earth. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we're not at that level yet. We can't because it, the earth's climate is affected by, you know, even, even, even how like the crust moves and all the magma moves. And this is all tied into like the, what is it called? The, uh, the electromagnetic, uh, oh, magnetic radiation field? shield. Yeah. Okay. It's, that's super complex. Like it's a yeah. very complex system and we don't fully, I believe we don't fully have a grasp on it on a, on a, in a public. Probably not. It's just probably a lot of turbulence. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, ge geothermal, I mean, geoengineering would be one of those, um, you know, and that's something that even somebody like, uh, like Elon Musk and these people that want to habitate another planet, mm. um, that they want to geoengineer another well, so planet. Saying forget Earth. Fuck well, it. there's some people that want to do that as a sort of backup plan, right? Yeah. They want to drop a nuclear bomb or something on, on Mars or something and then get an artificial atmosphere started and stuff. Now, did you know that um, it actually is a bigger carbon footprint to produce electric vehicles than it is um, non-electric? Yeah, I imagine it is right now. Yeah. But there's a caveat. Mm-hmm. There's a little um, misinformation people say. So okay. They say that there's a there's a bigger electric or carbon footprint to produce electric vehicles yeah. than gasoline based, and that's true. But overall, when the car starts driving, it is the carbon footprint is half of what a gasoline car will be yeah. in of one course. year's time. In one year's time. In one year's time. Wow. So, so it's the lifetime of the vehicle. Yeah. So it's extremely much better than a gasoline vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, because you see a lot of this kind of disinformation uh, that comes out of, because again, it's politicized, so. Yeah, they pick and choose these parts of an argument that are yeah. true, maybe, Yeah. but you don't see the bigger, it's not the, seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's masking it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a little bit troublesome. I, I, how would you get rid of the problem? How would you try to, how would you try to, how would you try to tackle the issue of, climate change being becoming political or being political so that is tough um how do you think we can move towards a not a, i would not like being. to start if it's for the political part i would like to see somehow conservatives you know conservatives with some moral integrity come out and then actually say like this is this is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I actually looked up a few conservatives who were environmentalists. They even have like an environmental group, and there are a few out there, but they need to be louder than some of the dissenting voices. Mm -hmm. Like even our president is a climate change denier. Mm -hmm. So when you have that level of people denying climate change, that's a very big problem, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to have more conservatives actually speaking out and saying that they are for climate change. Of course, yeah. a lot of them don't because they just go along with the party yeah. and they're pretty much bought to the point where they just, they want it to be a politicized issue yeah, yeah, because yeah. they are in bed with the oil companies. So you need to have, you need to have more conservatives that are separate from that, have integrity and they want to actually speak out against mm -hmm. um, the politicization, the politicization of um, this issue. Yeah. 
Um, well, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Because like, I think you Democrats could say it to their blue in the face, but now yeah. that it's been politicized, you need to have people within the within the party speak out yeah. and say that it's not a political issue. So how, yeah, how would you how would you reach across? It's it's hard because it's hard reaching across the aisle and saying this issue affects all of us. Well, I think and then the convincing fact that people. I think that the fact that there's already conservative groups, environmentalist groups that exist, you could do it through them. Since they are conservatives, they are already starting a movement with it. Mm. So all you have to do is just help them to grow it. So mm. you can even partner with them. Let's say if you're a Democrat, you can partner with those agencies and, and help them spread the word as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, join parties and say, you know, we're, we're all in this together. This is not a um, mm-hmm. partisan issue. Mm-hmm. So if you can get traction that way, mm-hmm. you know, and actually if you have bigger Democrats that yeah. actually support those guys, yeah. let's say if you have like a Barack Obama or Joe Biden or someone mm-hmm. to actually say, you know, uh, the, we're a fan of this conservative environmental agency mm-hmm. and they actually put them on a political um, platform, mm-hmm. then that gives them more traction. Right. No. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's, um, yeah, I think, I think that would be good. Um, you have another solution? Politics. No, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about other kinds of policy decisions we can make. I mean, this, we already kind of discussed how maybe politicians should also talk about leveling the playing field. If Republicans want to talk about cutting taxes, maybe cutting taxes to oil companies, right? Because we're subsidizing the cost of oil, like right. I was saying. And if you, and, and, you know, those, those are tax subsidies, subsidies we're talking about that we're paying to oil companies and even giving tax credits to oil companies. We're probably giving a lot more tax credits to oil companies than subsidizing. This is why it's hard because it's, since it is a partisan issue, it's like you have red versus blue again Yeah. on an issue that is an existential crisis. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really a bad situation to be yeah. in. So it's pretty much you're relying on Democrats to have to do everything yeah. to stop this. So not only are you trying to counter climate change, you're trying to counter the people trying to counter climate change. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or counter, 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 <laughs> counter climate change. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's like you have a mess of a situation here. Yeah. But maybe you can, you can appeal to certain aspects of their, um, like certain sensibilities that they have, like, like I was saying, cutting taxes, if they say, Hey, let's cut taxes for oil companies, you know, let's, let's not, let's not line their pockets with, uh, but then cutting tax for oil companies will just jack up oil prices for, or gasoline prices for us. Yeah. But so I mean, you, you can do it, you know, yeah, but here's the thing you can do it. in such. I imagine you can do it in such a way where at a slow enough rate to say, Hey, we're going to decline. Let's think about declining these tax subsidies. For this kind of stuff. I'm not convinced. But, but if then, it starts hurting uh, working class people, they're just going to be like, fuck your policy. Now I have to yeah. pay $6 in gas. Here's like, the thing. No. This, is, this is why it's a difficult thing. This is why it's something that's hard to do. But maybe we can be smart about how we do these things, right? So we can, sure. so we can, we can say, hey, let's reduce the amount or let's, this, the tax subsidies for oil, let's kind of put these towards like solar production or tax credits for solar or some kind of something like that. Right. I think, yeah, I think maybe giving incentives to businesses that are trying to do fuel efficiency might be a better way because then uh, if you have them able to compete 
and they get at an advantage of competition, actually, let's say like companies like Tesla, then if their electric vehicles are more in, uh, enticing to people, people mm-hmm. just say, okay, screw the gasoline. Like I could just get a electric vehicle and maybe I could get a tax incentive for getting an environmentally yeah, yeah, friendly yeah. vehicle and then also save more money in the long run and help the environment. So if yeah. it's a win in every single category, then it's almost like, why wouldn't I buy an electric vehicle? Right. Then the gas and oil people will just be like, well, shit, we need to do something now because right. people are just buying all these electric vehicles and they don't mm. want even gasoline anymore. Yeah. So you don't really have to even, I mean, I, I wouldn't think you would have to give a tax or, or cut the tax subsidy for oil companies because they're already going to, they're just going to jack the price up for people. Yeah. If you can just make it so that their product now looks inferior. Yeah. Then it'll take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That, and that was kind of the argument that people were making back in when Obama came into office and he provided a lot of subsidies for like solar, solar companies and stuff like that. And, and the tax credit for, um, for buying an electric vehicle Yeah, that was present. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I agree that we have to create incentives for, for, for green energy. Right. Right. Um, Did I mention that we also, the projected number that the IPCC says that we have left is 12 years before we have irreversible change. Oh, shit. No. So we got 12 years before we have an irreversible impact on the uh, climate Mm -hmm. or on the ecosystem at large. So being the second largest polluter. Yeah. We affect U.S. policy. I mean, of course, China's, I, I imagine, trying to race to try to address this issue, right? Because what's the point of being... I'm not convinced they are. China, you know how they are with the what's the point? There. What's the point of being care. a king of, of, a, of a fucking anthill? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? The earth will, be, they, the earth will be nothing. I don't know if they point. care enough. I know they have representatives. Yeah. But the Chinese government, you know how that goes. I mean, they're just... They kind of do what they want. Yeah, right? they kind of just are. I don't know. I'm not convinced they give that much. Yeah, because I know it's quasi kind of communist. It's sort of quasi communist where it's well, like it's mostly communist, but yeah. they allow places like Hong Kong to yeah. be capitalistic. Yeah, um, because Hong Kong basically made themselves capitalistic, <laughs> and then they said, "Fine, we like all this money coming in, so you could stay that way." <laughs> but then yeah. you still have people in bed with the Chinese government, like let's say um, Jack Ma's company, um, Alibaba. Mm-hmm. He works with the communist government, mm-hmm. so they're not completely just letting them do their own thing. Yeah. It's like a pseudo, yeah, pseudo yeah. capitalistic, communistic, mostly communistic nation. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that's what I mean. Like it, so they kind of have their own agenda and they have their plans about what they they want the economy to look like. But I, I understand that I've seen that they're trying to move towards green energy. To what degree, I don't know, but they always end up choosing their own companies or whatever that... I see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't yeah. choose American companies. They, right. Tesla, I think, is one of the exceptions, but it's because they really want people to drive EV, uh, EV vehicles mm. or electric vehicles. Because sorry. Tesla just built the um, Giga factory in uh, China. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. In like so. record time. 
There you go. Because China, China has labor. no like labor laws, so they just get that shit done immediately. So yeah, I mean, Jesus, pray. I'm praying for those people, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably just. But I'm just praying for everybody them. else. I mean, yeah, pile it's, of dead workers. Might I be know, in the back, dude. But. It's like insane how. But this is how desperate I think they realize they desperate of a situation they're in. Yeah. Um, they're starting to realize that they're since they're being the world, they, them being the world's largest polluter they kind of have to carry a brunt of the the carbon uh sort of cutting back on their carbon i think you're right but also we can't rely on them to no we it. can yeah we can as as you know we have to take care of we have to do as much as we can yeah it's uh, a global effort that. for sure yes which is why we have the the ipcc it's right the, it's right. the climate coalition yeah you know so all these nations are involved um yeah and uh yeah, we also have to kind of find a fine balance because I think there's there's a call there was a call for uh, back in the day there was a call for a global carbon tax and um, and setting setting a carbon tax so that we could we could sort of all but but the thing is for me like what would a carbon tax accomplish actually like it, it would it would it like be what would carbon like how much carbon an industry is putting into the air you get taxed for that is that what you mean yeah. I think that is useful, though. It might, I think it might be useful because the thing is you have to give them a punishment for polluting. producing so much waste, yeah. right? You have to have some way of making, forcing a business to change their shit because otherwise they're just going to keep doing what they do. Yeah. So, so the, only, the other thing is I always am a little bit afraid to put, to put, um, punishments on business mm -hmm. because then you um well for one you businesses heard, you will heard. just try to skirt around it somehow by like let's say dividing their business into multiple businesses and then they avoid yeah. the carbon tax by saying oh this is one this is a different this business is a small business <laughs> so we, yeah. we still meet the requirements of something they yeah, always yeah, can yeah. find loopholes and shit right yeah so usually my go-to now with business is to find some kind of incentive yeah that will somehow put them out of competition yeah. naturally yeah like punishing a business Usually doesn't work because they always get around it. But that's why I was kind of afraid of a. That's why I was saying, what what would a car, carbon tax actually accomplish? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. It, it would maybe work for some. I'm not sure if it's the best route though. No, because uh, I mean, the argument for me was that well, it would kill the only ones who could really afford the carbon tax would be like big businesses, right? And then the but then small, the lower businesses would probably not produce that much more. Yeah. Carbon. So and but then, then if that they means set up their infrastructure immediately at, at the gate as yeah. a green energy source then they could make it. But I'm just worried about exploitation because then if you put a, a punishment on a business, mm -hmm. a carbon tax, nothing will change. It'll just mm -hmm. be the arrangement of their business will change. Right. You see, so right, then it's right, just, right. it's just moving the problem around. Now. Exactly. See, that's what I'm, that's what I was worried about because so this was to hurt them somehow without <laughs> hurting them directly, like indirectly. This, because this was one of the main things that Al Gore, I believe was touting as a solution. Uh, mm. But to me, it was not, to me, even at the time in my sort of 19 year old brain, I was yeah. like, I'm not sure that this fixes the issue. Right. This just seems like a tax to punish, um, punish, uh, the, the polluters, which, which I mean, you do want that, but like I was saying, you, 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 the biggest businesses will probably be able to afford it. You, you need some kind of other incentive. You need, I think you, like you were saying, a positive incentive, yeah. like giving tax, uh, credits to to companies that are producing clean energy. 
Right. Right. So, so we're we're running. We're looking. Yeah. At yeah. Now, yeah. Right? So let me just at least we're, tell what I would do. Sure. So basically, to solve this issue, we got to get politicians on board. We got to get industry on board, mm-hmm. and we got to get people on board. Now the thing is, I think most of this is going to start at the politician end. Mm-hmm. Politicians have to provide the incentives to get businesses to want to go green. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be by helping the businesses that are already doing green energy related things. Right. Once that happens, then industries will start to change their ways and they'll want to fix their um, polluting mm-hmm. industries because mm-hmm. they're losing because they will be losing money and less competitive yeah. compared to the green energy businesses. Mm-hmm. Concurrently or simultaneously, you can be having people make themselves more green by pushing out um, programs for green energy, mm-hmm. you know, like helping people to make their homes more green energy mm-hmm. friendly, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think ultimately the biggest things that need to occur are changes in policy and then changes in industry. Because yeah. those are the ones, that's the main reason why we have this problem. People can only do so much. Like I, I see a lot of focus on getting people to make themselves more climate friendly. To me, that's not really the biggest issue, though. It's the businesses. The businesses are the problem. You have right, to looking fix at the that businesses. pie chart, right? Of, of right, the breakdown. Of, like, right, exactly. Yeah. Like most of our emissions are from you know industry well, and even and like let's we can say transportation. I would still consider it as a business problem because businesses make cars, they make planes, they make ships. Economic make, activity is probably probably the biggest reason why we use infrastructure, right? Right. Yeah. So all of these things are going to come from the businesses. Yeah. And I think if you fix business, then you fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Of course, we need to really make this a bipartisan issue immediately. That's a must do quickly. And then after that, make the policy. The policy affects the businesses, the business change, and simultaneously run programs to make people uh, change their ways. Yeah. Well, what would you say? Well, I don't know. I, I just read an, an article the other day about how um, how uh, there's certain there's a certain subsect of Americans that believe recycling is gay. Like they really think like it affects how they. I think that's trolling. They got no, be. no. This was an actual study done about how like sort of culturally how people see recycling and stuff like that you know like, <laughs> like somebody driving a prius somebody like yeah exactly somebody yeah. driving a prius and they think oh that guy you know i don't want to drive a prius <laughs> like it, just because it's environmentally environmentally friendly right or even like somebody who uses a like the whole thing with a plastic straw versus a, a metal straw sure that's an environmental issue right you don't you don't want to you don't want to produce more plastic and stuff like that and so that looks more girly if you have like a if you a care about straw the, with colors on it or if you yeah if you have a personal straw like that looks feminine <laughs> for some reason right or 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 if you have uh you don't have you you just have your own personal uh, grocery bag mm. um that might look girly or feminine to to men and men will actually do the opposite of being sort of environmentally conscious because it looks as, as it looks feminine mm. so this is a problem that i think we also have to address as um as within like masculinity within male culture like our culture and defining what uh 
what's appropriate. Um, you know, I think, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a perfectly masculine thing to care about the world you live in. Right. Like, would you say that? I don't think it's a masculine thing. I just think it's a stupid or an intelligent thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you want to have a longevity to your life, then you care about the environment. If you don't, then you just are selfish or you're dumb. No, I'm saying, yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly human thing. It's a perfectly, yeah, it's a perfectly human thing. But for those teenagers listening, if you are like, you know, it's, 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 it's maybe it's not even a gender thing. Don't even look at it that way. It's a, yeah, I think it's just a matter of ignorance, stupidity or, or, um, selfishness. Yeah. But then again, but then these, but then these things can be taught to be masculine traits, right? Not caring, not caring. Is I a guess, masculine but trait. I think that's probably a very small issue. I think if you resolve a lot of these bigger problems, that would not even be a, th- a thing of concern. So sure. the people who want to be not gay for carrying a, <laughs> a straw or whatever they want to do, then yeah. fine. No, because I, I will it say it wouldn't even be a it wouldn't even be a thing to care about if we fixed all these other issues. I I think I think like I you're saying from business as the to me business is at the top of the pyramid in terms of like what impact they can have from the bottom to the bottom i'm saying working from the bottom up as well is is also effective like the affecting how we look at our natural resources and stuff like i see a lot of uh i know a lot of dudes and i'm my, i don't i don't really have friends like this but i've seen for some reason, every time I'm driving and I see somebody throw something out of their vehicle, really, it's usually a guy. It's very rare for me to see. I, dude, like I've seen it so many be. times. I've seen it. Cigarettes, cigarettes are common, but yeah. but I'm saying like trash, just like really? trash out of your car. Like, and, and even somebody like on the side of the road, they'll just like be drinking something, just throw it. In Damn, there. I've not seen that in a long time. I mean, it's just something. I've seen it twice, maybe um, in the past month, um, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just paying attention um, to people too much, but but yeah, it's something that um, I think we also need to be aware of and how how the culture kind of receives the message of environmentalism. Uh, caring about the environment is 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 a good thing, I think. Yeah. But that's something that we need to kind of prop up and not see it as something that maybe is uh, a, a, a gendered thing, a feminine thing to do. Um, you know, and so, and so, yeah. And like you were saying, businesses, businesses have, they're probably one of the bigger, uh, they're the ones engaging in commerce. They're the ones, you know, using vehicles, using transportation, using a lot of energy to, to generate, you know, CO2 basically. And, right. you know, like I love, I, I, I understand that there's a lot of commercials and there's a lot of target towards consumers for cleaning things up environmentally. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense if you're running commercials or if you're running some kind of ad or something, you're you're targeting consumers, right? So you're going to push this message of environmental friendliness to consumers. Mm-hmm. I like that. But I also think we need to have some commercials that show the business side because mm-hmm. people aren't even really aware, I don't think, a lot of times that how much a, of a contributor businesses are to this problem. They're right. the major contributor. Yeah. So there needs to be at least an awareness and perhaps a pushing of people joining organizations mm-hmm. to get businesses and get politicians to sign legislation against, or maybe not against these businesses, but for creating uh, positive in, incentives. Yeah, yeah. for creating positive incentives for these environmentally friendly organizations. Right, right. So there needs to be a combination of the two. Yeah. 
I agree. But yeah, I think uh, we're, we're pretty yeah. much wrapping it up here. I know, yeah. Any final thoughts, man? Well, just if anybody has any any extra, any any ideas about how they would try to solve um, this issue. Um, you know, and it's not just one thing. It's a, it's a lot of things that ca- can kind of come together to solve this problem and um, getting as many good ideas out there, I think. Yeah, very layered I issue. I think are necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to attack it from all angles. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I guess all that's good? it. All good? Yeah. All right, guys, just... Uh, Stick around for the outro, it. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, thank what you for up? making it out this far. You know, um, I hope we you, love you. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you sticked around for or stuck around for Maisie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's some of you Maisie, Maisie gang out there. That's the cat for everybody doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, that's our cat. Um, so yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Give us a like, comment, and of course subscribe. Indeed, check us out at Eigen Bros on mm-hmm. Twitter. And uh, yeah, guys, and also make sure you subscribe to our mailing list. So that's at eigenbros.com. Mm-hmm. Just go to the mailing list section and uh, give us your email, and uh, we'll keep you updated. See you later, guys. Peace. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show?